and we're back. Welcome back, everyone, to the Go Station podcast, Station 45. I'm here with my favorite co-host, Keshvar, and I, of course, am the amazing Arya. And today, we're going to be talking about how to deal with high-stress, uncomfortable situations. Right, and for our next magic trick, <laughs> that's literally, that was the intro you gave today, it was really funny. I left a long pause in there for you to come in, but you didn't um, come in. Well, you said my name, and then you said the amazing Arya, and I just felt like I was your assistant at a magic show for a second there. You are my assistant at a magic show. Excuse me, I am the magic. <laughs> and I'm running the show here. <laughs> uh, okay, well, welcome back. Um, yeah, we are going to be talking about how to work through kind of high stress. How to deal. How to deal, work with, overcome high stress environment situations, kind of anything that just triggers that really high stress response mm -hmm. that a lot of us face yeah. quite often. Quite often. It's actually like a leading, a lot of um, health studies show that the leading cause of a lot of, you know, illnesses health. and health problems is stress. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. So, Arya, you asked me before the show if I'd ask you to define something. Yeah, I asked you to give me a warning so I could prepare for whatever thing you asked me to define. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about high stress. So my question to you is, what do we define of something as high stress versus just regular stress? Okay. Once again, I just want to clarify that she did not give me this question beforehand, <laughs> so this is on the spot. Okay. I don't I don't leak my uh, questions before the test. Yeah, what you're getting is raw and uh, unedited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I would say low-stress situations are things where, when you think about it, like, it's not something that's going to affect you long-term. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's say you have a present... Well, again, it really depends on how you look at certain things in life, but... Let's just say you have like a presentation coming up at work. It's not really like a super big deal, but you're in charge of giving like a slideshow to somebody and like mm -hmm. talking. That I would consider a low stress situation. You know, some people, I think a lot of people might have a fear of like speaking to like a large group of people or presenting to a large group of people. So that could be like a low stress situation. High stress situation would be maybe like losing your job where, you know, it's a pretty crappy event that's happened in your life that has overbearing impacts on your life and you need to, like, you know, handle the situation as soon as possible. Right. I think there's there's another way to state what you just said funny enough. So okay. it's all about, like you said, the circumstance, right? So if I do have to give a presentation, for example, that's just, like, a portion of your grade and it's, you know, you're in grade mm -hmm. 11, whatever. It's not really high I was talking about work, high stakes, right? I was talking about work, like work presentations. But yeah, sure. Oh, school, well, school. I was thinking about school. School's even enough. less stress. School well, is no. like no stress. Well, no, listen to this though. So that could be considered, a, I know we're not denying the fact that it's a stressful situation to be in, but we're just comparing the Yeah, we're just trying stress. to classify what we mean. Yeah. Um, whereas if you were to actually consider it as being like, it's a final presentation it's worth like half your grade and you need this credit to go into med school you're right it's all perspective because right? in that in that situation then yeah it is a high stress situation Correct. so that becomes now a very monumentous moment and i think that is the key part it's that these decisions have a, a larger impact on you and your future so whatever yeah. the the situation is in your perception, the impact on your future is large. Whether or not it will be is something else because I think all of us go through it and then later on in life with, you know, once your perception changes, your 
you're kind of out of that stress, you kind of go like, oh, that wasn't actually that bad. But when you're in it, it's pretty significant, I think, to most of us. And you can't just get that clarity or relief that you need. Yes. So I know I've like personally dealt with them in different parts in my life. Um, like you said, you know, when you have to lose a job, find a job, um, all those moments, it usually revolves around survival for a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, um, it can be ostracization where like, you know, your friend wow, group. Wow, that's a big word. Good uh -huh. job. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Says it in the most like kindergarten. I, Good job. No, I, I meant it. I meant it. I'm proud of you. I use big words. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like those are huge things. So when your friends and people are making decisions that revolve around family or friends and how you're perceived by them. And if you're going to be excluded, that's like a human survival instinct we all have, right, mm -hmm. um, around communities, as well as deciding your life path and careers a lot of the time, especially in, like, you know, that's the whole part of high school, which everyone, everyone who goes to their high school, I know, like, gets to a point where there's stress, whether or not it's a whole time, but, you know, when you have to make that decision, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Um, which is yeah. ironic, because... When you really get past that stage, you realize that that is such a non-definitive statement to ask, like, someone who's 16 or 17, considering yeah. there's, like, 30-year-olds who are still figuring out what they want, 60-year-olds. Yeah. Like, that's just the I think just considering path. how many different things there are in life that you could do for a career path, like, it's pretty ridiculous to ask a 16-year-old to just, like, pick one and commit to it. But that's a high-stress situation. Yeah. So when you go through these situations, what are your personal reactions? How do you def how do you know you're going through that? What is your experience? How do I know I'm going through it? Yeah. If it's something that's like costing me brain cells, then I know it's a high stress situation. <laughs> and what I mean by costing me brain cells, I mean in times where I'd normally just be thinking about nothing and just sitting on the couch relaxing, like not thinking about anything. These times are now invaded by stressful <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> we call it his nothing box, which I think um, I'm, I'm putting like a generalization out there. Guys uh, are more likely to be able to go to this area and mind space where they have nothing. And females, I think, again, generalization. I'm not saying this is for everyone and I'm not saying this is everyone at all. But my perception of it has been females have a harder time doing this. Yeah. So Arya is saying... If so, yeah, he if, can't if this is something, think of nothing, then he's... he's uh, like, if I'm trying to go to sleep and this is still on my mind, or if I wake up and this is the first thing I think of, like, yeah, it's a high-stress situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's something that is, like, constantly on my radar, because I don't want anything to constantly be on my radar, <laughs> right? Like, who wants that? Who wants to, like, constantly wake up and you have this, like, thing looming over your head, this stressful situation? Nobody wants that. Correct. And I think that's actually the number one deciding factor is, like... How much of your life is it eating away at and how much of your mental happiness and sanity is it taking away, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of us, I think, are powered through with these emotions then that get defined by your thoughts. And so if all your thoughts are constantly on doomsday event that's about to happen, your attitude and your reactions are probably centered around that same feeling mm -hmm. and it's not going to feel good even if it's not happening right away. And I think it's like what Will Smith kind of like, I think he's said this before and probably other people have too, but it's kind of like when you have to go into the airplane okay, and jump off to go skydiving and you're freaking out on the ground 
You're freaking out when you're being talked to. You're freaking out when you get into that plane. You're freaking out while you're flying. And you're just like, up until the point you actually get out, you shouldn't be freaking out, technically right. speaking, right? Because you, you're not doing that act. So your mind should be okay until the point the act is happening. And the ironic thing is once you jump out of the plane, most people are that at that point are like, wow, this is amazing. It's great. And yeah. they release that fear. Um, so I think a lot of us, the one thing we do is we demonize something that's already demon-like in our mind or in our life. So this high stress moment is like already a horrible thing because it's rarely a it's not going to be a great thing if it's stressing you out. So exactly. it's a bad thing that you're you're adding more and more to. And the longer it stays there, the more you're like, FML. FML. Yeah. Google it. Okay. Then, <laughs> <laughs> so we recently, the reason we're talking about this is obviously we've gone through it at different moments yes. in our time. I mean, generally we like to make episodes about things that are like uh, current, relevant. current, relevant things we're going through. And currently, relevantly... <laughs> we've been going through a bit of a um roller coaster a bit of a roller coaster with our housing situation mm. um i'm gonna try to keep the details as light as possible because it's really uh, arbitrary and doesn't matter yeah but we have a, a small dispute with our current landlord and we are just looking to move to a new apartment that's all yeah we just have to do it under a very specific time crunch and... yeah there's a time crunch to we have to leave by yeah so time. the stress the stress factors come upon us with the idea of you know just to put it out there it's like you have to have a specific space that's you know set up for both of us you have to have yeah, because we both work from budget. home so we we wouldn't just be fine in like any small place like we need at least a certain amount of space and rooms where we could both work from home yeah effectively and also you can go back to the episode where we talk about like you know, moving, moving. And you know what? We should way. listen to that again just to refresh <laughs> ourselves on some of the tips that we had. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. But you know, Make a there's different factors in this and they're of a very specific nature. So I think that's what adds to it. So when you find that you break down why you're being stressed, that helps. So first break it down like we are. So, you know, we have to move. Why is that a stressful situation? Well, A, uh, there's a limited time frame that's very fast and not at all leisurely. Yeah. Um, B, we have a specific, you know, budget to find exactly what we want. And the market is... It's a hot market right it's now. It's a hot market for for sellers and people, renters. Yeah. Not for rentees. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a very um, fast-paced market. And... Um, See, we didn't have anyone kind of guiding us in that way in the beginning. So we had to find somebody to help us. Yeah. Um, like a real estate agent who was amazing. Um, well, and in the beginning, we didn't even we didn't even know we wanted to do that. In the right. beginning, we were just alone in, in the face of this, like, you know, very immediate problem that had to be solved very quickly or else we'd be... I mean, we wouldn't be out on the street, but we'd have to each move back in with our respective families. Yeah, so families. we had plans, though. So that's the other thing. Disrupted life plans. Yeah, so you have to you have to first, like, figure out what is stressing you out. Mm -hmm. And, like, what is the main pain point and why it's being so annoying to you. And then to Arya's point, what we did was we were like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? So, like, if for us that worst case scenario was we didn't find a place that fit our needs and our wants... By the time frame we needed, uh, this is plan A and this is plan B, right? Yeah. And like, you know, 
plan A is more preferable than plan B, but you have those situations set up yeah. so that that's they a, are backups. Yeah, that's a good point. Make Take notes, kids. <laughs> <laughs> plan A, plan B. Yeah, so worst they're, case and they're, best they're case. not your ideals, but you know, no, you sometimes... Have a, you have a best case and you have a worst case. Correct. Yeah. And so you're, you're always obviously aiming for your best case, but in the very rare situation, and I say rare because unless you're not proactively trying to find something or figure something out for your problem... Um, it's just not likely that it'll be that worst case scenario. It might not be what you expect perfectly, but um, that's okay too, right? And being mm-hmm. okay with that. So anyways, you figure out what those plans are and that usually at least helps mitigate that fear and that stress you have. So if you do have like a test or whatever coming out, worst case scenario, I feel that what happens is my grade get impacted. How good is a teacher? Can I retake it? Can I take the course? Whatever, things like that, right? And you find the realistic solutions to this realistic problem that you have. And one key fact here is when you're doing this, write it out. Do not think it in your head. That will not help you. You'll just go deeper and deeper into thoughts. So write this out. We've had multiple episodes where we've talked about the benefits of writing stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially it'll just, it'll just hold you accountable. I think essentially, and it'll be a place where you can store thoughts. I just think it helps. When you are in a state of panic or stress, especially the high stress that we're talking about, your mind doesn't have the ability to clarify what's going around in a circle. And yeah, it's just like, freaking out. It's just kind of a vortex of like a washing machine, just going in circle, circle, circle. And you can't stop that. But when you write it out, you can see that and your mind is kind of like, oh, I already thought that. I, can't. I don't need to go back <laughs> to that. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a stop sign for your mind. Like, stop. We're going through it and chill. And so by writing these things out, like we said, why you're getting stressed, what the situation is, and then writing out what the worst case possible scenario is, you can physically and tangibly feel and realize that, okay, this is the worst thing that can happen to me. And kind of like, it's kind of like the idea of even our lives. What is the purpose of that? Well, you're going to die. Everyone's going to die. And the moment you're okay with that, Life isn't like a terrifying thing, right? Like I think a lot of us don't actively think about dying, but when you realize that everyone's going to die, it's not like terrifying to think of death in the same way as maybe as a child and you don't know what it is and it's unknown. And so you're clearing out that unknown fog by writing everything down. And you basically get to create a physical space of all your stressful thoughts. (laughs) Now that you have that there is when you can go like, okay, is this reasonable? Is this even like something that makes sense? Because if it doesn't and you're making it up and realistically, like if you want, you can even put a percentage to it, right? Like is the percentage of this happening 5%, 10%, like 0% and then come up with a more realistic answer of what could most likely happen. So that can be your understanding of best case scenario is obviously not what you're thinking of right away. So you'd write your worst case scenario out and then you'd write kind of the more reasonable, realistic scenario that would happen. Mm -hmm. And then after that, once you've cleared out all that like stress and negativity to the point where you're breathing normally and not hyperventilating, (laughs) you can write out the best case scenario that you want. So now you can figure out, okay, this is what I want. And you reverse it. You write out how to get what you want. So now you're reversing that entire stress process. How can we get to the point where we get the most ideal situation, right? And Mm -hmm. you want to be doing all these things as soon as possible. You don't want to wait for like 15 weeks before 
you you got to deal with this thing and it's just stayed in your head for like almost three months now and you're stressed and dying. So do it as soon as you're able to and that helps you kind of work towards the solution now. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're on a tight deadline like we are, we kind of wrote down steps like, okay, what can we do now to get what we want? So for us, the apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Aria and I started looking for a place pretty much immediately. Yeah. We started... I mean, we, well, we, first, we had to talk about what we wanted. Yeah, that's true, actually. Like, we what did. do we? What are we looking for in our next place? Because we're not, we didn't want to just react to the situation. We wanted to respond to the situation. Yeah, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing it in a way that worked for us. Like, what were our needs versus our wants? What was, like, you know, non-negotiables? And yeah. or what were things that we were willing to do and how we were dividing those responsibilities. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we pretty quickly came to terms with the fact that we have to pay more money than we currently are. <laughs> yeah. So well, we, well, we were from up- there, we were like, OK, well, we need to have certain things. Then. Well, we weren't moving laterally. So that's another thing. We weren't like we weren't trying to find a replica of the same situation. No, we're trying to level up. We were trying to level up. So with that, that's why we were like, we understand with this, this is the compromise we make. This is what we have to figure out. And this is what our next steps need to be. Yeah. And it, it may not happen in that very moment, I think. But like, that gave us clarity to get started. And then we, you know, immediately started looking for play. Like we immediately jumped to action. That, yeah. that was the key. And that's the thing. Once you create one action, it creates momentum. Yes. So whether or not it's like perfect, even so that presentation situation, you don't have like the perfect situation, presentation created and ready to fly, right? But even the act of you starting an outline and creating what you need to say and finding the resources and building that up, it just, it's inevitable. And a lot of times, like even if the situation isn't completely handled, just the fact that you've started working towards it can mitigate a lot of the stress. Yeah. Or then you feel like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I still have to do this and it's still not done, but I've gotten started and I'm confident I can finish it. Yeah. Because now I've like actually gotten started. It's not like a scary thing anymore. I've gone in there. I got my hands dirty. Correct. I know how much more work roughly this is going to take. Yeah. I'm not stressed anymore. And one thing at this point that you can start adding on is a support system. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you're surrounded by either one person or multiple people who can help you on this process or outcome that you're aiming for. Yeah. So that hopefully, you know, if it's it's even dealing to talking with someone, that's a high stress situation. Because sometimes it's not a whole thing, right? Sometimes you have to have a really hard conversation. Maybe having someone to practice it with. Maybe being able to, um, you know get someone to review your thoughts with you. Just being able to share what you're going through and especially I think having it so that someone's there and they're not freaking out with you. Like make sure they're not in a panic with yeah, you. Yeah, they're there to help you. They're there as you're like rock. They're they're kind of like, oh yeah, don't worry. We'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. You got this. Versus like, oh, you think you're going to die? Yeah. You're going to die. You're going to you die. You need to choose very carefully who the support system is, right? Like if you bring in somebody who is, you know, just as terrified as you, just as stressed as you, and yeah. not really helping you feel better about the whole situation. Yeah. That person is not a good candidate for a support system person. <laughs> yeah, and even for us, so like even though we were both going through it, we balanced each other out. You know, when I would freak out, I would be really helpful and calm and kind of like this works. And it's funny we had different freakouts about different things, so it was really. I don't like, even remember my freakout. Well, there was just moments I think where we were both like we were, stressed. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, I don't think we had freakouts per se. We weren't like panicking and running around in a circle like a cartoon. But we would have like, oh my God, wait, 
are we going to get this? Should we just do this? And the other person would kind of be like, well, remember, this is what we want. Remember, this is what we need. And additionally, we had like one of our backup plans already said was, you know, our family. So our family was like, yeah, if you need a place to stay, you can stay with us. That's okay. Um, you're more than welcome here. And we're here to help you move. All of that stuff. Like even my friends, you know. Yeah. Luckily, they, we have a, a very good support system. Right. And so those things matter because they kind of make you feel safer. And that's how you get out of stress, I think. It's kind of like stress is usually a little bit of like your fight or flight response kind yeah. of being triggered. Even if it may not be anything that really requires that, that's just how your body works and your mental state works. Um, so being able to kind of say, I'm here, I'm this person's calming me down and I'm okay with what I'm doing right now because this is all I can do and understanding that there's two parts to every situation, and that is the things that you control and the things that are out of your control. So when we start stressing about things that are out of our control, it's kind of useless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's no point in being like, for us, the example would be like, oh, the market's oversaturated. That's so stressful. Well, we can't really control that, can we? But we no. can control how we go looking for things, what we do who we yeah. talk to. So those are things we can exactly. control. And so we focus on that instead of the things that are out of your control. Because I think, here's the funny thing. People who are usually complainers and go like, this is so stressful, I can't do this, and this sucks, and that sucks, and everything sucks, they're not taking any action. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a good point. Those people, I think, let their results control their thinking instead of the other way around. Yeah, and so the circumstances that are out of their control are pretty much all they blame. Yes. So it's like, oh, I can't do this job because my boss sucks. And it's like, well, and are you trying? And they keep reaffirming that to themselves, which in turn makes them not try. Correct, and they want the pity from everybody else. So it becomes a part of your identity almost where you want that, like sympathy yeah. and stuff. And that's a whole other thing. But know that if you're... In that stress and you're taking that action and you're, you know, it may not, your stress isn't going to go away. I really don't think that happens. But I do think you get more um, freedom of that emotion. It's not like a high stress anymore. It's just like regular, I think. Um, yeah, manageable. like low stress. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't like stay consistent. So it's not on your mind 24-7, just maybe 17-7. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's, it's just uh, a way of allowing your brain to have a normal conversation yeah. <laughs> with you and not spiking up your heart rate and your breathing and reducing hours and days in your life. Yeah. I mean, one thing we didn't mention was support system. Uh, this is kind of more just to continue on with the, with our example, mm -hmm. but like we also were able to find an expert to help us. We found like a real estate, a really yeah. good, and we actually had met several real estate agents beforehand that we've, just were like, no, this this person is not really helpful for us. This is not the kind of person we need in our support system. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, as as the universe would have it, as fate would have it, we just happened to, to run into another agent. Yeah. And she was amazing. So helpful. And she, yeah, she's been extremely helpful. Yeah. And I think there's one final touching point. Go for it. And some people may not agree with this, but I 100% do. I take. Yeah. So whenever you're in these situations, I think it's life testing you, right? To a degree. So you're always put in situations as tests to bring out um, either thoughts that you have, beliefs you have, and kind of test them in a way and 
and show, are you ready for this? Like for us, are you ready to up level? You want a bigger space? Are you ready for it? Are you ready to take it on? Like, can you deal with it? And this is how it's going to show up for you. Um, and so that's kind of the universe saying, here's a test, deal with it. And for me, at least my centering point through a lot of these moments, whether it's work related, whether it was this, you know, home search, um, friendships, anything in life, I kind of have that belief that the right thing is waiting for me and it's going to show up. Like the right, the right situation yeah. is, is aligning for me. It's not right now. And as long as I'm sure about this is what I want, it'll show up for me. And kind of, it's just that trust, like that leap of faith that you have and believing in that. Because when you do, it, it's kind of like a part of, it may be tricking you. I don't, I'm not sure. But I think like a part of you just goes like, so I can't control this. It is what it is. I just know what I want. And when that thing shows up, I'm going to grab it. But before that, it, it like it, it, I can't do anything, right? Yeah. So I don't want to do anything that doesn't work for me and isn't perfectly aligned to me to, to the points I want. So that doesn't mean being a perfectionist, but it means being open and understanding and receptive to what you want showing up for you at the time that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Instead of when you need it to show up at that second because you're freaking out. And I promise you, it will not show up while you're feeling Yeah, you need to trust the process, but also trust yourself. Correct. Because there were a few places we saw, like, before. And we had, like I said, the time crunch, for example. And I saw a place, and I was like, all right, it looks really good. You know, it's in our budget. It's Which pretty... one are you talking about? Um, the one that was the white unit in the old condos that you didn't like. So oh, okay, yeah. So it was, like, an older building. Uh, not really That's like not in a great point. location. I just wanted to know where it was. I but I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just letting them know. So it wasn't like I had a lot of check marks and didn't have a lot of check marks. So I'd say half and half, right? But the price point was really good and um, the space was decent. I think that would have been a really good lateral move for us. Correct. Except and so- that's not what we were going for. Well, yeah, and here's the funny thing. That was when, that was kind of like a test to us because it was a defining, what do you want? And we had that discussion where it was like, I was like, oh, it could work. This could work. It's like the budget is good and like, you know, it's not that bad. It's not that far like in we location. Could make it work. We could make it work. We could find a way to make it work. Um, and then I think I came in and I was like, I don't want to make it work. I want to find something that works. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, so that defines then that we have to be on the same page and we're not just settling for this because that's what I was willing to do at that moment. And I was like, I mean, hey, part wait. of, yeah, I mean, I was conflicted too because obviously it was a high stress situation and you see a way out and you're like, you know, should I take it? Yeah. But sometimes you have to ask, is this the correct way out? Yeah. And that was exactly it because we'd seen, it's kind of like you'd seen ugly doors before that. Like we'd seen a bunch of places that were just so not good. Yeah. And that was like the best of the best at that moment in time. So we were just like, well, is this, is this the best of the best? And should we just take this? And I think that's a question you'll always go through and you can always find something better. Mm -hmm. I think just put that disclaimer out there. But if it's not the right thing for you, don't settle for it is my only point. So yeah. when you're going through that, that if you're feeling that stress anyways, might as well clear it with the best feeling possible and happiness and be okay with what the next step is going to be for you because you're satisfied and not just, what's the word? Like, content. Con- not even no. content, just like settle. Like you're oh, kind of like just... in the middle, you're warm. You know? Yes, I think settling is the right word. Yeah, so don't settle for things in, the, in, in a lot of aspects. I'd like to add that. Um, and trust. Just trust that it's going to sh- work out the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. And if not, 
you have a backup plan for that reason. Yeah, okay. Just to quickly summarize that, because I feel like we talked a lot, but we dropped, like, three or four, like, definitive steps that are very good. Correct. Step one, write it out. Whatever's stressing you out, write it out. Like, write out your thought patterns. Like, map your thoughts to, like, a concluding thought, which is how you're going to deal with the situation. Well, there's a few steps in there, I think. Yes. I know. This is just, like, the overview. Okay. Step two, make an A and B plan, okay? A is your what you want to happen, desired. B is, okay, let's say worst case scenario happens, what is, what is the contingency plan? Mm-hmm. So you have your two plans. Three, get started, proactive, get going. Four, put together a support system, if you can. Mm-hmm. Was there anything after that? Five. What was five? Have a little faith. Five, have faith and don't settle. Like, believe in yourself, believe in the process, believe that the universe is going to work out the problem in your favor. The solution is going to present itself to you when you are ready to receive it. Yeah. In time. On time. Yes. Always. All right. That's it from us, I think, from this week. Correct. Hope you lovely folks have another fantastic week. Hope you enjoyed the magic show, everybody. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, We hope to see you next week. Have a magical one until then. And if you have a chance to and haven't already, follow us on Instagram or send us a voice note on Anchor. And we're always happy to hear from you. Ciao. Bye, everyone.